welcome to Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic. And I'm your daily guide for understanding today's headlines, Michael O'Fallon. This past week signaled the beginning of an American tradition, the cheery notice that fall is about to begin, that families can get together on the weekend and take a little time off from their labor and their worries of the week and enjoy some good old-fashioned football. Maybe your favorite team was the Bears or the Giants, or like me, the Miami Dolphins. You see, my abuelo and abuelo's house in Little Havana was just four blocks away from the Orange Bowl, and whenever the Dolphins would score, you could literally hear the crowd roar from the backyard. It really put a lot into me. It made me feel like I was part of the action and what was going on. I'd watch it on TV, go out and hear the crowd roar. Sometimes you'd hear the crowd roar because of the delay before something happened and you'd know they would actually have scored. It's kind of exciting being a, a kid back then. But I attended the first practice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Steve Spurrier as our first Buccaneer quarterback. NFL football was in my blood. I literally loved the sport. I love supporting my teams. Now, through high school and then when I got into college, I became involved with fantasy football, which was drafting players onto my team, making smart moves, and deciding who to play against in our other teams in the league. I loved the NFL. And my family loved the NFL. And some of my great memories back from when I was in college and uh, through those early years growing up were of watching games with my mom and my stepdad, where we could both cheer and handle disappointment for games throughout a Sunday afternoon. It was a really good time. The NFL was something that we, a family that had many different opinions about faith, about politics, about life in general, was something that we could come together around and cheer together for our favorite teams. So while in my mid-20s, I left Roman Catholicism and received Christ by grace alone through faith alone. And this didn't go over really well with my parents. I, of course, was trying to make sure that I explained why I made this change. It wasn't just a change, it was me receiving Christ, having a new birth, and me consistently trying to, yes, bring the gospel to them. So there became that tension that existed in the air. But Early Sunday afternoons at their house still was a place where we could still do something all together. It was the NFL and having a bite to eat. Because the NFL was not political, at least not choosing up sides between Democrats and Republicans. But you know, all that was before the revolution started. About the time that I became aware of what was going to be a paradigm-shifting event across every facet of our civilization, there was pressure being exerted on the major league sports to adopt language and public positioning that would be directed towards social justice. Back then, wisely, the National Football League pushed back. The National Football League didn't want to be part of a movement that would alienate more than half of their fan base. But remember, what I've explained in the past many years on the causes of things, and we talked about this back in 2018 extensively, for the great reset in the future to be successful, to totally transform the entire culture and traditions of America, there had to be a 
top-down move that would be legislative, authoritarian, and judicial, a bottom-up move, which is large grassroots movements, or I think more, more accurately, you could call them astroturf moves, like Black Lives Matter, and an inside-out move, or in the middle, which is from churches, faith, arts and entertainment, and major league sports. They were all necessary to move in lockstep to change the entire ideological structure formations of America. So if you wanted to change something, that's how you did it. Top down, bottom up, and the middle. Church, religion, education, media, arts and entertainment, and major league sports. Those national pastimes. They were the glue that held everything together. But everybody had to be in on it. There couldn't be any major sector of American cultural life that was not part of this giant ideological reset. But early on, the NFL pushed back. So if you'll notice in the years between 2014 to 2015, all of the sudden, after pretty much everybody knew the risks of playing football, we're all aware of it, all of the sudden, concussions sustained in the NFL and football became the big news. It was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. News of horrible concussions were on ESPN, special features about concussions. It was on the local news. It was on the national news. It was on 60 Minutes, let's say, highlighting personal stories of football players whose lives have been ruined by the horrible and awful sport of football. And the NFL, yeah, those greedy capitalists were making money off of men risking getting a concussion like slaves or cattle used for profit. And in 2015, just when the NFL didn't think it could get any worse, when they were taking a battering, a movie starring Will Smith, Concussion, was released across the nation. CNN couldn't stop talking about it. No one could stop talking about it. You see, football was dangerous to your children. Football was a virus that we must be protected from. People were encouraged not even to watch it anymore. This massive nonstop propaganda is what is called reflexivity. This as well has been what I have been discussing for many, many years and trying to help everybody understand. Creating feedback loops. You even had major NFL players retiring early because of fear of concussions. And believe me, concussions are real. But there was no escaping the horrible non-stop news about concussions in the NFL. So it was literally on everyone's minds. And it was affecting the NFL. It was bad press on the NFL. Really bad. Parents were talking about taking their kids out of football and putting them in other sports, like tennis or golf. Ending the possibility of future talent coming up through college teams to the pros. Well, the NFL was down for the count. The NFL's decision to push back on social justice was costly back in 2014 and 2015. So? In a preseason game for the San Francisco 49ers in 2016, 
Colin Kaepernick, quarterback for the team, sat on the bench during America's national anthem. This created waves throughout the National Football League, waves all of a sudden throughout all of the press. This was the thing now they couldn't stop talking about. And Kaepernick said the following when asked later about his lack of respect for our nation. He said, quote, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. This is what Kaepernick told NFL media in an exclusive interview after the game. Let me continue. He said, quote, To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. End quote. Well, the 49ers issued a statement about Kaepernick's decision. They said, quote, The national anthem is and always will be a special part of the pregame ceremony. It is an opportunity to honor our country and reflect on the great liberties we are afforded as its citizens. In respecting such American principles as freedom of religion and freedom of expression, we recognize the right of an individual to choose and participate, or not, in our celebration of the national anthem. End quote. And thus began in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick. Following the lead of NBA players such as LeBron James to protest against police brutality. It should be noted that Kaepernick's fiancée at the time did introduce Cap to Linda Sarsour during this time. Yes, that Linda Sarsour, the radical feminist Muslim, or pretend Muslim, I should say. Linda Sarsour, who has worked with George Soros's Open Societies Foundations, who led the first big woman's march against Donald Trump. Yes, that Linda Sarsour. So Cap went from sitting to kneeling during the national anthem as Cap began adding, quote, cops are pigs, end quote, socks on his uniform. And as the rest of the NFL gradually began to add more and more divisive, discriminatory, woke, social justice, hate anything that is white nonsense to their advertising narratives, eventually full-blown critical race theory was being practiced in the NFL. And wow, gosh, amazingly, incredible, like presto wango. All of a sudden, the news of concussions in the NFL disappeared, completely vanished like magic. Amazing how that works. And so now, your children are getting critical race theory at school. Your children are getting critical race theory at church. Your children are getting critical race theory in the media. Your children are getting critical race theory through corporate advertisements. Your children are getting critical race theory through arts and entertainment. And now, your children and your entire family are getting critical race theory practiced through the NFL. The NFL is now teaching racial discrimination, systemic racism, radical subjectivism, and neo-Marxism. That is the new NFL. And with the new NFL-inspired change movement rolling across social media, it's self-clear that if you are not down with critical race theory, you are not a fan base that is valued. So if you recall, in early 2019, I did the podcast Out With The Old, In With The New, where I attempted to explain 
that what America was going through was a Maoist-styled cultural revolution. The exact same thing is happening in the NFL, using the dialectical approach, incrementally going further and further, to the radical left. First Kaepernick. Then, all across the NFL, kneeling. Then joining in to fully endorse and infuse critical race theory into their brand messaging. And now, the next step. And let me remark first that it was in national sports where we all used to get united after national tragedies or during a time of war. You remember Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl before the Iraq conflict? You remember back in 2001, George Bush, whom I have a lot of issues with, but George Bush throwing out the first pitch at the World Series after 9-11. It was a national time of coming together, e pluribus unum. Now, the NFL is using what was a time of unity to tear the nation apart. They're going to have the Black National Anthem sung at every game in the NFL to divide the nation, to end the idea of e pluribus unum, to give the impression that we have really two nations, two systems, to stoke an ideological civil war. And to be consistent, what about the Asian National Anthem? and the Latino National Anthem, and the Indigenous Peoples National Anthem, and the LGBTQ National Anthem. (laughs) What's going to be next? The NFL is now a tool to divide all of us, to deconstruct our nation. And just about no one is calling them out on this. First they stood against the police and against law enforcement, and now they are ripping the very foundations of our nation apart. And you are giving them the platform to do so in the comfort of your own living room. And you, you who want critical race theory out of your schools, out of your workplace, out of our government, Are you going to plop down in front of the couch or at the bar or at a restaurant and endorse their purposeful tearing apart the United States of America? They're stoking division. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to turn off the NFL and to let them know why you're doing so, just like you do when you stand before the school boards just like you do when you stand before the county commissions. It's time to refuse to support the NFL as they change team name after team name to appease the radicals. You see, the NFL doesn't care about you, not one bit. Now, the NFL, they're here for the revolution. They are now the Critical Race Football League the CRFL. You might want to remember that and repeat it. The Critical Race Football League. And now they're forcing every member of every team to get vaccinated, even when vaccines are being shown 
to be ineffective in preventing the spread of COVID-19. That's known now. And by watching the NFL and buying tickets to the NFL games, by buying NFL merchandise, by playing woke fantasy football, you're supporting the NFL. It's time to stop. If you are really concerned about stopping the spread of the cancer known as critical race theory in our society, stop watching the NFL. Stop following them. Stop watching ESPN. And I would suggest, in its place, rediscover your family. Find other ways of getting together with your family that you have little in common with. Try a meal. Try doing non-woke games together. Try doing something that doesn't include a screen. Try music. That is one thing that has unified my family for decades. For those of you that are Christians in my listening audience, how about going back to a Sunday night service? You know, I know that most churches ended Sunday night services years ago, but why not appeal to your elders and pastor? How about just spend more time in the Word? And during Monday nights and Thursday nights, how about really spending time to understand the causes of things? Now, what about the NFL? What could they do to even earn, let's say, 10 seconds of my valuable attention per week? Well, the first thing they could do is renounce all the divisive ideologies that they have been trumpeting all over the NFL for the past two years, all over media, all over social media. Stop it. End it. Be done with it. Secondly, which would be more or less just getting my curiosity and not my support, believe me, would be kind of like what happens when there's a NASCAR wreck. I don't watch NASCAR, but occasionally... There'll be a wreck on TV or something that you see coming through social media. Well, go ahead, NFL. This is how you could get my, at least my curiosity again. Please, NFL, follow what you started by infusing critical theory and neo-Marxism into our national pastime. Totally reject meritocracy, which is what you're saying that you want to do. Reject meritocracy in the NFL and make sure that every single insane idea that goes along with diversity, equity, and inclusion, complete intersectionalism, make sure that you apply that to the NFL immediately. Then I will know that you really mean it. Because you're not going to do that. But if you do it, I know that you really mean it. And it will be a complete clown show to watch, even more so than what you're doing now. I want to see equal apportioned demographics of black women, Asian women, Latina women, Asian men, Latino men, LGBTQ, etc. in every team and in every position in the NFL. That's what we need to see. America as a pastime, needs to see the nonsense of diversity, equity, inclusion as it is imposed in the NFL. That would be entertainment, because you know what it would show us? It would show us this entire thing is a sham. Otherwise, 
you are still running a patriarchal meritocracy in the NFL. I want to see consistency if you are truly ideologues or if you're just doing it because corporatists, really fascists, and George Soros strong-armed you. But what I want to see is that first Asian female quarterback immediately. That would be justice, guys. That would be proper social justice at work. I want to see a transgendered albino Eskimo as a wide receiver. I must see that, or you, I mean, honestly, you're not really serious. You're just trying to play white savior. So either put up or shut up. Stop it with your divisiveness. Stop it with your games. Stop it with your attempt to deconstruct our nation. You've already lost a lifelong Dolphins fan. You know, you've lost a dedicated through thick and thin, and there's been a lot of thin Buccaneers fan. And as long as you are now not really the National Football League, but instead are the Critical Race Football League, let's say it again, okay, say it with me, the Critical Race Football League. If you're that, I don't have time for you. As a matter of fact, I'm your opponent. And I know, for sure, Fox News won't be saying anything about this. They have way too much invested in you. But let me tell you this, Critical Race Football League, my wife and I have already found plenty of other things to do with our fall and winter. And as a matter of fact, we don't have time for your nonsense. Because we have a church to save. We have a nation to save. We have real, lasting, important work to do with good people, with brothers and sisters, with patriots. And we don't need you. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Thank you.